you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. There we go. We're unmuted and good morning, Gio. Hope your day is awesome. I know that you're on the East Coast, I believe. Is that correct? I'm on, uh, yes, I'm currently on the East Coast. Yep. Yeah, that's correct. So we got the East and the West Coast coming together today for some, some talk. And we haven't got to meet each other like officially shake hands or anything like that, but we definitely have a journey together and we're going to, we're going to discuss your book and we're going to discuss what it's, what it's like to lose the kind of weight that you lost and stuff like that. So before we get started, I want you to take a minute, introduce yourself on what you do, uh, what you just wrote, and I'm going to give you just a, the platform for a second and, and talk about what you're doing here. So take it away, sir. Hello, everybody. My name is Giovanni Negron Garcia. Most people know me as Gio. It's a short version of my name. It means go inspire others. I am the CEO of GeoFect Life Coaching and Public Speaking LLC. I love to help individuals find their path and as well as execute in their path so that they can live in their glory. Um, I'm also the best-selling author for my book, Passion, Purpose, and the Pursuit of Happiness. I know we're going to dig deep into the book. But it, it serves as a guide um, for individuals who are looking to overcome their personal barriers and, again, mm-hmm. to find their glory at the end. Um, and it helped me lose my um, my weight. I just want to be able to just be transparent with everybody. I lost 200 pounds in one year. And, yes, that is two zero zero in one year. Um, and it was just an incredible journey. So let's – so we, we, uh, we talked a little bit off camera about that. So – you know, this is uh, something that <clears throat> weight loss and, and such. Have you always been a heavy kid when you were in school? Yes, I, I was the heavy kid. My mom fed me fed me very well. Um, but <laughs> yeah. it, it was just it's just one of those things that I've always had to come to terms with just being that heavy kid. Yep. So I was pretty much like that myself in in. Um, it's weird. I wasn't, uh, the, the chunky monkey. I was bigger than everybody else, but I was also lifting weights when I was like 12 years old, I was already lifting and, and I was kind of always bigger, but you know how school is any, any time that you're, you're bigger, you're, you know, any kind of fat joke that can come along. It was, was definitely come along. And I don't know if you agree, right? Anybody that's, I'm sure you have a heart for those that are heavy set anyway. And I, and I always have, because I know the ridicule. I tell everybody we're in a world of race baiting and everybody's racist. But I said, I can tell you this, the fat kid gets made fun of by every race. It don't matter what. Right. And I said, so they, they live in this bubble. And I don't know if you agree or not, but you know, my, I don't know how you were as one, we'll, we'll ask you that question, but you know, you have the, the, the fatter kid in school, that's either the jolly Ollie, uh, fat kid, or you got almost a semi bully fat kid. Right. And, uh, or you got one that's just super, just, just reserved, right. You got the class clown, you got the super reserved, or you got the almost bully one. And I don't know which direction you took in school to kind of help deal with that, but mine came mine came on a basketball court, believe it or not. I was just getting made fun of really hard. And I'm like, I was seventh grade. I remember it totally. And this guy was in ninth grade and I just got tired of hearing it. And I just, I threw him on the ground and I went to, I went to beating on him. And, uh, and I realized then that, wow, this is, uh, this kind of keeps everybody's mouth shut. So we're just going to go that route. And that's what, that's how I handled starting way back in junior high. 
what was your experience like? Uh, I will have to say I was a very jolly Ollie. Um, I was always happy. Uh, I can say most of the time, even though I was facing that ridicule, I, I really didn't feel the need uh, to get aggressive or to really beat on somebody. I just, like I said, I always stayed in my lane. I can say I was a bit reserved as well, but when it came to being happy and just living my best life as possible, that's who I was. And so when, when you decided, let's, let's, you know, when you decided that you're going to, did you play sports or not? No, I didn't. I didn't have the fortunate um, ability to play sports. I wanted to, I was playing tennis. Um, I was in an after school tennis club, but they kind of said, Oh, you have to lose weight to play tennis. And I was just having fun. I was just there for conditioning. Really. I wasn't there to play professionally. Um, and I was pretty much just targeted every practice. So I just stopped. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I totally feel that too. And it's, it's weird. I played most sports, right? I was even an avid racquetball player. I played in tournaments of racquetball and being a heavy set athlete, you know what I mean? And then I, I jumped into the martial arts, right? And it's just like, I didn't always have the body type to be a martial artist right, by any means, right? Because if there is really a body type, but uh, I jumped in and I was just always kind of an athletic dude, you know, where I, I can do the splits and I just, I thought going in the martial arts would kind of make me a little tougher dude. I played football and I, I had that aggressiveness to me anyway, but, um, it always was, um, it was always like a monkey on my back. You know, I just hated it. And, uh, I don't know how your relationship with food is today. Mine still kind of sucks, you know, to be honest with you. I'm not, I don't really enjoy eating. I just never have. And, uh, it's always been, the food's always been kind of a, a constant, uh, barrage of of i can't do this or i can't do that and it kept me out of this or uh because of being heavy right and i was like wow i just uh, i just didn't like it i don't know what your relationship is with food today do you still have that those issues i think my relationship with food is more healthier um per se even though i don't eat much healthier but i think <laughs> I've been able to reestablish it and really enjoy food for what it is and, you know, see it as my source of energy as well as my source of reward. Um, before how I treated food was like, you know, I eat whatever I want and I, I'm not going to care about the consequences until I got bigger and I got the 366 pounds with sleep apnea, um, with vitamin deficiencies, with iron deficiencies. It's just every name in the book. I pretty much had blood, um, bad blood test results and now i'm able to say i go to the hospital i get my blood checked out again i always come out perfectly healthy and i'm still enjoying the foods that i love and um oreos is one of the biggest um, things that um, I, I push but you know i'm able to eat oreos every day and not feel guilty um so i'm able that's the type of relationship i have with food now yeah see that's and and that's probably a healthier look anyway it's funny that you you, I, I've seen the Oreo thing, and so I've always wanted to ask you about that. Like, what does that mean? Because, you know, that was a crack food for me. I can't even have that stuff around me, right? The, those Oreos, when I was a kid, man, there was no problem eating a whole package of those at all. And as a matter of fact, I remember one year I told my students, I said, stop buying me Oreo cookies at Christmas time. You know what I mean? I said, I don't want them anymore. And uh, then all of a sudden I get a whole box of them. I mean, I'm talking about a box full right and i just and so is that was that your a go-to thing but it's something that you still lost weight eating then is that correct yeah it definitely was my go-to thing it, it helps me remember where i started to um that's why i love to go back and refer myself as big boy geo um because that's always going to be in my heart i'm always going to be that person um because a lot changed physically but there's still a lot i have to deal with internally um mm -hmm which I feel is the real battle with weight loss. It's not necessarily what you're doing on the outside. It's fixing what you, what, who you are on the inside. And Oreos is pretty much what brings me peace. Um, I've ate Oreos. And like you said, you ate them packaged at a time. That's where <laughs> I was. I was getting pardon size packs, eating them and just, you know, feel like complete, complete trash right after because <laughs> the sugar intake is just ridiculous. Right. Um, and then you're craving more like two hours later it's it was horrible but now i'm able to eat like for a day and 
that's all I need. So it's, it's just great that I have it in my life and I'm able to still lose weight and enjoy Oreos, which a lot of people are like, how would you do it? Um, Cause you have to remain active. You remain active. You watch your calorie intake. I mean, I think that's really the goal of moderation. Right. Well, I think you're right on that. I think that um, when I, you know, what pushed me was I had a, a, a medical issue happen to me. I, I hurt my leg kicking and then it, it turned into blood clots and both the blood clots went in my lungs. And, uh, oh. and I was the same way as you were. I was, I was on a sleep apnea machine and, uh, and the whole nine yards. And I remember once I had that, once that happened to me, anything that was happening, I was afraid I was going to have a stroke or something like that. So my mind was really really messed up and um but it it at some point and i think you're going to agree with this that when you decide to lose weight or whatever it's a mindset that takes place and when the mindset is this is what i'm going to do there'll be nothing that interferes with what i'm going to do is what probably forged you ahead and that's exactly where i did i remember laying in bed going i'm not living like this anymore and uh and that's you know, my journey was a keto journey and, uh, you know, it lost, you know, I lost 117 pounds with that, but your, when I'm, when I'm listening to you, uh, talk, you're like, you're talking about internally. So I don't know, we, we haven't got to know each other much geo as, as far as this goes, when you and I have a time to sit together, you and I are going to have a lot to talk about, you know what I mean? Because we, we have some similarities, and my own kids, my oldest boy, he was well over 100 pounds. And so was my youngest in uh, high school. He was over 100 pounds. He couldn't even run a mile. Now, that one, my youngest one, uh, came in uh, seventh out of in, in, a, in, a, in, in a 5K. Uh, now, he runs seven, eight miles a day. But he wow. didn't lose his, you know, we, I'm going to have him on one time because he didn't lose his weight healthy. You know, he had an eating disorder as a male. Now, I don't know in your journeys, if you've seen this where, you know, you, you hear a lot of times females, how they throw up and stuff like that. Well, my son was doing that. And, you know, there, I had a hard time finding any help for, uh, for somebody that deals with males that have that eating disorder. And then my oldest son, he also lost all his weight and changed his completely life too. But he did it just by kind of reducing calories and, and doing what you do. But he's a lot like you. He likes he likes his sweets today and stuff like that. But internally, you know, when you talk about internally, I don't think people understand that even though we we still feel that we look exactly how we did when we were at our at our biggest, correct? Right. Right. And so how did you are you still overcoming stuff like that on the day? You know, body dysmorphia, I guess, is what it's called. But my boys both have it. I have it. You know, it's just it's just one of those things. Are you still dealing with that yourself? I will have to say yes. Uh, I mean, definitely, I have to look myself in the mirror every morning, and I have to see how I look. And you know, just having the dreams the day during the night. You know, I'm. I have dreams that I'm still eating the way I was and I will just freak out waking up, you know, kind of like patting myself, um, not recognizing I'm in this new state. Um, and there's a lot that has to be done when I touch upon that internal piece, because you have to know, you have to find the root of the problem. You have to figure out what, who you were before and know that that's not going to change no matter what is on the outside, you can still be receiving compliments and um, you get a lot of um, celebration and it's all great, but you still have to deal with yourself. There's that's something mm. that's not going to go away. And I've always told people, you know, you can't, you can hold a cup and you can hold a cup, fill it up. It's not heavy, but over time, as long, as long as you continue to hold that cup, it's going to start to hurt. And it's going to start to get heavier because your arms not going to be able to keep up anymore. And that cup is still going to be there until you agree to like pour it, you know, and get rid of and address the issue. So, so that's definitely something I deal with now. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And that's what, you know, I was looking forward to this because I think this is some real talk that, that people, you know, they, a lot of people deal with, with weight, and stuff like that and, and, and what that looks like. But the, 
when it's part of you for so long, it just is such a mind uh, game. It's a, you know, you have to overcome it physically as much as you do uh, mentally. So I wanted to hit, hit on that. So let's, let's, let's move on. So you, you've done this. Yeah. You know, 200 pounds, you know, you're a young guy. So, you know, your metabolism is probably off the chain, but you're not like us older guys, but, uh, what, what changed in your mind? I want, I want that part of it. What changed in your mind and, and how, how is it that you've accomplished that much weight in, in, in a year's time? I mean, cause you're looking at what a minimum of almost 20 pounds a month, right? Right. So <laughs> what did you, what did you choose and how did you go about doing that? So to answer your first question, my wake up moment was the time that um, I did a food challenge. I was doing a food challenge at my college, and it was just five pounds from Boli, Um And I ate it by myself. I finished it, but I struggled so much eating it. I basically ate to my full capacity, and I was breathing so heavy. Um, you're metabolizing all the salt. You know, I was sweaty. I was like, my anxiety was going crazy. And that same day, I decided to weigh myself. And I was like, how out of control have I gotten? Um, I stepped on the scale and it said 366. And I could not believe I've already gotten to the point where I'm, we're having the 400 pound conversation. And I said, I cannot continue living like this. And I knew I was doing a lot of damage because I, I Facebook live streamed this food challenge and my parents were like constantly like trying to call me like commenting, like, Jill, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. Um, versus the other comments are like, Jill, this is crazy. Keep going. You got this, you know. Um, but I knew it was doing damage to those who cared about me. So I said from that day forward, I have to make change. I have to make change and do better for myself. And, of course, the time that I make this change is during the pandemic when everything shuts down and <laughs> everybody's at home. And we have like three months of free time in our calendars. And I said, this is my time. And I, if I didn't confuse the second part of your question, what um, what I plan, what I did. Um, so considering everything that was going on, you know, the iron deficiency, sleep apnea, um, the amount of weight that I was at the age that I was at that time, which was 22, um, I had to say that, um, when I went to go see my physician, they gave me options. They said, I could, I can do this on my own. I can change it all around. Um, the risk there is that they don't know what could happen to me. Um, considering I have sleep apnea, you know, and you have sleep apnea and it's at its moderate stage before severe, you don't know if you're going to get up the next morning. You know, it's, that's just the reality. You go to sleep, you, you better hope you get back up. And that's the only way I'm going to be able to continue. And since I already had a food addiction, um, and past history of quitting my diets and past history of stopping my workouts. Um, the other option was weight, um, weight loss surgery. And I think that was, a, that was something I didn't want to do, but there was just so much I had to think about. I had to think about my family. I have to think about my future, uh, because my physician pretty much told me you have until 35 and I had to think about that. I'm only 22 at that time. I only had a couple more years to live, a couple more years to even continue to do, do the things that I love doing. That's motivating others. That's inspiring others. But a lot of people viewed me as someone who couldn't take care of myself. And that's already the disconnect there. Like you got this motivational speaker, but he can't take care of himself. He can't. He's not already loved. He's having issues with trusting other people. Um, trusting himself to see if he can keep himself intact. So I got weight loss surgery, but the process before that, I had to lose weight because you have to prove you can continue losing weight even after getting the weight loss. Um, so I was 360, uh, 366. I was 313 when I got the surgery. So I lost quite a bit of weight before the surgery. Um, accelerate the 100 pounds from surgery, and I still lost weight after that. I was only predicted to lose 100 pounds. Um, from the surgery, but I lost weight more. Um, and we're here now. And I just changed a lot of what I ate. Um, I, I switched from dairy to silk milk. 
try and enjoy a lot of um, vegan desserts, you know, just alternative versions of what I really loved and, you know, just moderate everything that I ate and then focus on my metabolism because, again, um, I still enjoy six meals, even though my, my stomach has shrunk. Um, I still enjoy those six meals. It's just they're very small portion, um, protein heavy, but I still enjoy my snacks um, and everything else. So I try to show people that even though you do it naturally, uh, if you get the surgery, which again, the surgery is no easy task. There's, there's a lot of discipline with the surgery. Um, so there is a, there's a testing phase, it's 10 days, that it's a liquid diet that you cannot eat solid food. You're drinking liquids for 10 days. And you can have sugar-free Jello, or you can have cream of wheat. And I know some of us do not like cream of wheat, especially if it doesn't have any type of flavoring. Right. Um, so that was that was that process. But I think either either process and journey you go through, the weight loss is important, and it's still difficult to obtain if you don't discipline yourself and find a um, basically find your journey, if that makes sense. Right. That, well, that, yeah, that definitely, that, that definitely resonates for sure. Because I think that, uh, uh, you know, I didn't know that it was, uh, when, when did you make the decision for weight loss surgery? And is it, did you do surgery where they, they took some of your stomach out? Yes. So that's what was the sleeve. Um, they cut my stomach. And so my stomach capacity is not, weight is definitely not what it was before. Um, but I made this decision, I believe early, I believe it was early 2020 when I started the process. I think actually, no, it was late 2020 when I started the process um, around October. I made that decision because it was time for me to really move forward in my life and really see this new version of Geo. Um, and again, it came back to family. It came back to what I wanted to do with my career and who I plan to inspire and who I want to motivate. And I want people to understand that this was more than just weight loss. It's also the internal piece, which is what I really emphasize, um, which I really sh I share with a lot of people because I, I know a lot of people want to be on that weight loss journey and they think it's all physical. It's going to be mental because if you don't push those mental barriers out the way, it's very hard to focus on the physical. Which I think is 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 probably a good thing that, People, even when you do weight loss surgery, I don't know if people think it's not just a magic formula where all of a sudden you just have that and you can just go back to eat whatever you feel like. I mean, there there right. is some definite, um, you know, there's definitely dieting even after weight loss surgery. So, you know, if you're not prepared for it mentally, it's not going to it's not going to do you any good. So that's I think that was a good thing to bring brought up. So <clears throat> let's let's fast forward now, though. You have this. Were you doing anything before as far as public speaking and stuff like that? before weight loss. Yeah. yeah, I was. I was speaking at colleges and high schools, um, mostly sharing about my journey about being a first generation college student, you know, sharing about different research methods you could use, um, different ways you can get scholarships, uh, really just encouraging students to follow their path and their dreams. Um, really that they shouldn't be pressured to go to college. Uh, that they that's a personal choice if they would rather go to the workforce or go to a vocational school, go to the army, go serve for a country, that's their choice. Um, and they should and I basically help them create um, make that solidify that choice, if you will, without any external pressures coming in the way that this is really what they want to do and that they're young enough to make these decisions because you know they still have that time to really discover what they want to do for their future. Um, so I definitely had plenty of opportunities to um, speak at colleges and high schools and sometimes middle schools, which were some of the most fun that I had. Well, yeah, you enjoyed that. That's good. That's good. So then so you you've done this and now you're you're what inspired the book? Let's talk about your book. Yep. You have a you have a a best selling. So being a best selling author, what that sounds like and what this book is and how you decided that. When when did you decide you're going to write this, or how long has that been on your on the table for you? I've been wanting to write a book for a very long time. I think as soon even before the journey, um, my weight loss journey, I wanted to write a book um, because legacy meant a lot to me. And as soon as I started learning about what legacy meant and what it meant to me, I've always wanted to leave a piece of me in this world um, so that people understood where I'm from and how I thought and how I handled passion and purpose and 
but there's one piece missing and that was the happiness part. Um, being bigger, I wasn't always happy. Although I enjoyed my time and I enjoyed being big boy Gio and dressing up and having the opportunity uh, to eat all I want, um, there was still that piece of me that was, okay, am I really happy uh, with what I'm doing? Uh, I, being young and being enthusiastic and ambitious, a lot of people took advantage of that because I had the energy. Um, they knew that I wanted to get out there and speak publicly. Um, and they used that to their advantage. And I was just miserable because I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. Um, and my goal always was to create support and access for other people. Um, so when I start, when I made the decision to write a book out of all time, was in grad school, when I'm the most busiest, um, I decided to write into grad school. And I said, since I went through this 200 pound weight loss journey, I want to create a book to help other people, again, overcome their personal barriers, but as well as go through a process and have a guide. When you read a book, it's mostly, you know, you're sharing your life story, which again, I do share my life story in this book. Um, but it's more of a guide to help you go step by step and understand the process and that the process um, does take some time. It's not going to be an overnight success. It's not going to be something that happens in a month. It's going to take time. But I help people develop the passion, the purpose, and then that one piece of happiness and find out what they truly want to be happy about. And being a best-selling author, um, it's great. It's wonderful, but it's not the ultimate reason why I created the book. It's um, I wrote the book to help people overcome their personal barriers and let them be the best version of themselves. And it's so rewarding when I get the text messages, the testimonials. Um, it's just so rewarding to know that something that I wrote and I created has such an impact on people's lives. And um, sometimes I forget to call myself a best-selling author um, because I know I earned that credential, but it's more rewarding when you um, when you know it's really impacting people's lives, and especially at the magnitude that it has already. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's so. Let's let's talk about. So it's more than just weight loss. Your book then is what you're talking about. It's how to pursue things. Is that correct? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go through. Let's go through a little bit of it. Let's 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 talk about. Um, you know. Let's talk about the title, okay, and why you came up with that title. So I came up with this title because I focused on these three things, passion, purpose, and the pursuit of happiness. I focused on these three things in my, in my life overall because I've always been in this stage where I didn't understand what I was doing. I don't know. I didn't know why I was doing it, and the things that I was doing at the time, it wasn't particularly making me happy. It was really just getting me recognized maybe respected but at the end of the day you know these same people who wanted to bring me up they pretty much forgot about me or they didn't think i was capable or they didn't think i was ready um just constantly giving me excuses um and really belittling my voice as a young person um they just saw some cute kid that had a dream and they could use it for their platform their personal agenda most of these individuals were political figures um, that they, they seem like their mentors are really not. They're just, Hey, you know, I'm supporting this kid. You should vote for me. If you're a parent or you're eligible to vote, I support the youth. So I want to create a book to really help people define what their true passion, purpose, and pursuit of happiness is. Um, so I know it's, it's like very, some people feel like it's a basic title. Um, but I, I said, no, I, I just said, it's more than that. Um, I know some people get really creative in the title. I just wanted something very to the point. This is what this book is about. It's about your passion, finding your passion, your purpose, and pursuit of happiness. Um, so that's how it all came about. So what was your, when you, when you're going to talk, when you're going to talk now, let's, let's talk that you're, you're going to, you're going to, you know, when you say, how do you, how do you integrate now your weight loss journey? And what the pursuit was, okay? Did you pursue yeah. that, or were there other things that you were pursuing? And how does that how does that kind of correlate with your book? And that's a great question. Um, when I started my weight loss journey, there was other things I was pursuing. It was not just to be in this state that I am now, but finding that confidence, um, finding out what am I capable of, what that I wasn't capable of doing before. Before I couldn't jump. Now I can jump. 
perfectly. <laughs> um, I, I just found that out last week uh, in Orlando. Um, but another thing was that I was also pursuing answers. Why was I accepted now? Why am I accepted now that and I wasn't accepted back then? Why was there love for me now and there was no love back then? Um, mm-hmm. It was more of a personal journey. It, it was like, why was I happier back then and I'm not happier now even though I got the results? And it's because I'm still in this pursuit. And I, I, I always felt that people are always on a constant pursuit. Even though they may have the money, they may have the results we've been seeing for years, they're still pursuing something. It's because you really have to figure out what's happening within, what's preventing you from enjoying everything, and why is there a constant need to outdo yourself um, when you pretty much accomplish it all? Um, for some, you know, there's there's some people who said, okay, I, I made this much amount of money. I got to make two times now. And they're probably living comfortable. They probably don't even have to make more, but they say, I got to make two times more to just continuously to outdo themselves. Um so I help people know that it's okay. And I won't say that it's okay to be enough because obviously doing enough and doing the, that really translates to people to do the bare minimum. Um, I say, go be great, but don't push yourself to the point that you don't even recognize who you are anymore, um, which is something that happened to me recently. Uh, that what if I accomplished, you know, writing a book, getting booked as a speaker, going to grad school, everything's going great. It was great. I was doing great, but I just wanted to do like kind of surpass that. And I said, what can I say? And I continue pursuing that. But as I said, I'm doing great, not enough, but I'm doing great, um, which is why I'm starting my next book. But I'm taking my, my time with the next book um, to really help people understand the weight loss journey way more, get them tips on that. But as well, really combine it with that internal piece that I'm talking about. Um, this is the next book is not just a complete weight loss book, weight loss tip book. It's going to be converging both and really understanding what I went through these five years. Interesting. Yeah, that's yeah, that sounds good. Now, so <clears throat> did you find uh, did you find a shift once? Here's, this is a good question. So let, let's let's talk about, you know, you you're doing your, your speaking and stuff like that. Do you feel more accepted at, at where you are at weight than you than you did uh, as as uh, where you're at now as you did as a heavy person? You treated different. I can talk about this for hours, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but most definitely I found myself to be more accepted now than I was at bigger because some people correlate being big as being useless as someone who cannot be capable of being loved as someone who cannot take care of themselves as someone who cannot love themselves. Um, that for some reason, people don't want to take pictures with bigger people. And this is why I always, I'm always sympathetic and empathetic with bigger people because I was that bigger person and people would just mistreat you, humiliate you. They, you, you know, not saying this in a rude way, but you're the biggest target. Because you're yeah. almost the biggest person in the room. They're going right. to aim for you. And they obviously, they correlate with insecurities. I've met some big people that they are the most confident people in the world. They are the happiest people in the world. But they understand about their, they understand that their weight is deteriorating their health. It's, and they, they try to do their best. And some people, they kind of just live their lives big and happy and they're jolly. And I, I accept it for who they are. Uh, as I lost weight, I I've seen the the comments like, "Oh, you look great. You look happier. You um, do you want to do this? Let's take a picture." It's and I know that they were celebrating with me because they see the change. But I am the same person that I was. <laughs> obviously, obviously way lighter, but I am still generally. Um, I still have the same mission. I still have the same values. It's just that love really came at a wow you it really took me to almost it took me to get surgery <laughs> lose all this weight for me to finally be accepted it, it's uh wow <laughs> you know i i when i when when people and and i have and you have to take people on on because that they're genuine but i i remember asking that same question one time when it, when it was first coming off a lot and i'm like my gosh i can't believe how great you look you know what i mean and it's like 
uh, well, what was I looking like before that you say that? You know what I mean? What, what, what was in your mindset before? I remember in my head thinking that and I'm like, and it almost likes when you start getting the compliments, you're like, you know, they're just as bad. The Sometimes the compliments are just as bad as, uh, as, as the ridicule. You know what I mean? I, I remember thinking that or almost like we don't even deserve to have the, the compliments. I mean, I think that's, a, um, you know, another, another thing for sure. It's such a, Academy. I've been wanting to ask you that before because I know in my world, I already know when you come into my world, I'm a bigger guy anyway. You know, you know, I carry my weight a little bit different too, and I'm I'm a muscular dude on top of it. You know, I'm one of those, uh, uh, you know, dad bod, you know, muscle fatties. You know what I mean? And uh, and so, but I know when people come in and they're like their first impression of you're a martial arts instructor or you're a, you know, and then, you know, once you see me move or something to that effect on what that does to people that, that you know, it, it, it changes them. Right. And I was like, you know, and I've just, I don't know about you, but I've just always had when somebody comes into the gym, when I watch people come into the gym that are really heavy, you know, and, you know, I have an eye for them, you know, I kind of give them a wink and, uh, you know, an encouragement that way. And when they come into my studio, I've always had a, a heart for them because, and you imagine trying to get on the mat as a heavy person, right? Cause everybody thinks you have to get in shape to get in shape. I'm like, it's just, it's such a counteractive thing. You, you, you right. can't get in shape, but you're going to get in shape to get here to get in shape. I said, it just, right. just get on the mat, just do it. You know what I mean? And let's see what, what happens. And, and, uh, so, you know, I've had these same, these same insecurities. Why I asked you that question, because a lot of these questions, you know, uh, are rhetorical because I, I've yet to know anybody that's not heavy, that has the same kind of philosophy. Cause you probably, I mean, what really, uh, are you any different now as a, as a, as a young man that you were then you probably had the same passions, the same loves and the same everything. My, my right? name my name was still Gio. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was, I was the same person, literally. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously I, I've addressed my mental health and I, I've gotten better with that. Um, I fixed all, I fixed some of my behaviors. I had to reestablish some relationships that were affected because I was damaging myself. But other than that, the ambition was the same to drive. What's the same. I, mm -hmm. I was still Gio. I, I don't think it's any different. Um, yeah, and you're young. You're you're a young dude, man. You're a young guy with a with, with a good 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 head on your shoulders. You don't, you know that that alone is something that's uh, uh pretty admirable uh, as as a fact for a 23 year old to, you know, you have quite a bit of life uh, under you already as a 23 year old, and and then of course I'm sure you feel at this weight because I remember my son my oldest boy, when he lost everything, he, his whole life completely changed. It's almost like you get your life back. You know what I mean? As a young person, uh, you know, even, even going to the beach to take your shirt off, you know what I mean? Uh, I remember there's just no way he would do that as, as a kid, you know what I mean? And to see how that affected him and what he was able to do with it now, um, I'm sure you have those same feelings, right? There's some things now that you do that just was not part of what you did, you know? And so, right. you know, I think that, I think that you have this great perspective on, on, um, on life itself, you know, listening to, to what it is. Well, let's talk about it. Cause you know, let's talk about this, you know, I, cause I, I watched you on, I've kind of watched on social media, right. And, I mean, you were getting blasted, dude. You were on everything, every day, every other day, and um, and you know, people having you talk and and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, I see you just kind of drop off. I didn't see you at all for a minute. So, what was it like when you were getting bombarded with 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 all this stuff? What 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 uh, took you back as far as that goes? I I loved it. I really did. Um, just interacting with different people, being on the show. Um, but there was just a certain time where I sat down and I said, I'm 23. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm only 23. I wrote this book. 
And there was a time where I was just sitting with my parents, but I kept checking my social media. I kept checking my book sales on Amazon because you can't see them. I kept having, I, I kept having to answer a message. Hey, can we meet up? And I'm, I'm having like 10 meetings in a day. Mm. And, you know, and I, I love meeting people. I love meeting people and there's nothing wrong with doing it through Zoom. But you guys zoomed out. I, I graduated from Zoom University, everybody. <laughs> you know, I, I was on Zoom every single day for class. And there was just a certain time where I said, why am I having fun? Um, because there was a time when I looked at my book and I'm like, I made this. And I forget, And I forgot that I made this. And there was a time that I did not want to talk about my book. There was times that I did not want to mention that with a best-selling author. There was, I just wanted to be jailed. And I think that was the whole part of this process why I took myself back. It's like, Gio, was this to be recognized or was this for you to be you mm. and continue your mission and really show people that it's possible to live your life the way you intended to live? And there's going to be struggles. There's going to be setbacks, but I really ask myself, are you fulfilling your mission? And are you fulfilling your mission of go inspire others? Are you living what you're, are you practicing what you preach? So that time that I really pulled myself back, I said, I'm going to go have fun and go be a kid because my mentor really was concerned about me as well. Cause I was always on go, 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 go doing these speaking engagements. Um, going to Niagara Falls that I just did, but I didn't take no time for myself. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go to Florida, go see my sister. I'm going to go eat a huge donut. That was super delicious. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go be me. And I think as business owners and not just as business owners, us who work continuous hours, who, um, those who go to college, those who serve, you know, there's a time where, we have to pull back and really say what's important to us. And I, as someone who's young, who's aware, and I'm not going to be at my best if I'm not recharged. It's like our phones. We have to charge them. When, and once right, they're yeah. dead, they're dead. They're useless. I'm not saying I'm useless, <laughs> but I can't get to the point where I'm already drained. And I, I respect the people who are always on go, but there's going to be a time where your parents are going to ask, do you have time for me? I get my I get text messages from my mother. You're always busy. <laughs> but yeah, if, if it makes you feel any better, I still get those same text messages today. And I'm 61, yeah. and and I see that I'm just as busy now too for my own folks. I get it. Yeah. So I want to I want to be able to maintain that relationship I have with my family and know that I do have time for them. That I'm still Geo. That this was the whole journey to find out who Geo really was. Um, and I'm hearing it every day. You're a great individual. You're inspirational. I love that. And I, and I, I accept that into my heart and my mind. And that's what really gets me going. But I have to be at my best to be able to show everyone and give that love because giving love to a thousand people, 2000 people every day can be, <laughs> can be draining, but, um, I love it. Yeah. So you're, you're now, are you, you're graduated completely from college now? Is that correct? I graduated from an undergrad degree. So I got my communication studies degree from Kutztown University. Now I'm pursuing my, my master's in student affairs here at uh, Indiana University of Pennsylvania. What do you think, what, what was your, what was the success of the book? Cause I, you've wrote, you've written a couple times about, you know, you expected to sell this many and then all of a sudden it's going international and everything. What yeah. do you think, what, what was the avenue of the success of the book. Okay. Besides just yeah. being the book itself. So tell, tell me the process of what, what made yeah. it international, what made it sell so many. I think the important part here is that you have to promote it even before you write it. <laughs> um, you're gonna, even though you have the intention, most people don't write it or they even post about it because they say, okay, the book's finally done. I'm going to, I'm going to release it this month. No prior notice. This is new to everybody. Um, there's probably a couple of people who know, but you know, you haven't talked about it. Nobody really knows what it's about. So it was a journey just within itself. So I said, okay, I'm going to write this book. I created the cover. 
I had to fix it <laughs> because <laughs> um, the sizing. So that happened the week of the release. Um, I had to get that resized so it fit to Amazon. Gotta love it. Um, but I said, let me write it. Let me get the cover ready, get all this marketing material down, and I'm going to start blasting it on social media and take people to the journey with me. Um, okay, I got chapter one done. I got chapter two done. I'm on to chapter three. It's a fun process. I took photos of me writing, and I really wanted to see the. Pe- I really wanted to show the people the, the effort that it takes to write a book, especially in grad school. I got up at 4.30 in the morning to write 500 words a day. Um and even if, and there was a lot of repeated sentences, there's, there's commas where commas shouldn't be. Um, again, I'm writing this at 4.30 in the morning uh, as a grad student. And, you know, during the process, I, I had to find my editor. I had to find other ways that, um, that as a grad, grad student, I could afford to release the book. And, you know, I, didn't, I only expect to sell 100 books. I'm being completely honest. I'm only going to sell 100. And now I'm here selling over 400. And understanding the stats, um, the average person that released a book, you know, in paperback at that, that I didn't have an ebook. Um, now I do. Thank you, Abigail. Um, you know, I was 100 to 250 books. You know, that's that's what they sell paperback. And I did that in 24 hours. Um but the process was that you had to have fun. You have to have fun with your book. You have to believe in your book, um, you know, and leave the, the bestseller status out of it. You know, I, I know I was promoting that, you know, oh, we're going to make this bestseller February 26th. And I said it so many times, I can't even remember. Um, <laughs> but I just had fun with it. I really just try to leave out the bestseller stuff. And I said, everybody, if you need a book, that's going to take you further. That's going to really help you. That was written by somebody who uses simple language. <laughs> uh, right. Some of, us, some of us get books and there's language in there. Like, let me double check this. <laughs> let me see if I understand it. I made it very straightforward to the point, you know, um, and that also helps you reflect because there's reflection pages in there uh, to help you write in your book. So you're involved. You have your guide right in front of you at all times. Um, so that was the process. It, and I say it was, it took me about six months, maybe five. Um, so it took, it took some time, but you really have to promote it as time goes on. So people not only know you are going to have a book, they're excited about your, your, your release date. They're excited about what's about, um, really getting that description down, you know, finding that editor because you have to get editors some time. Not everybody wants to write a book. So editors are, are all, all around, you know, kind of looking, um, not for work, but, you know, they're kind of running around with their, like a chicken with their head cut off, you know, because they got this project, they got to do that project, they got to make, so, you know, everybody has to meet deadlines. And as well as you have to give yourself some deadlines, because as for me, I gave myself time to write this, this first book. It was kind of rushed. I'm not going to, because I mean, the, the, the book was written, I just got to put it in a Word document. But, um, you know, giving yourself some time to process everything and really, give the editors some time because some people, again, they wait to the month of to promote their book. Right. Yeah. I'm learning that now. So mine's going to publish in January and uh, I'm doing one that's, um, you know, it's, it's the lessons that I've learned off the mat. You know what I mean? From going from the mat to the real world and, and what's, what's the lessons that I've learned over that, over that time. Right. And there's been some there, you know, whether it's my competition days or, you know, what death looked like, you know, uh, being somewhere when somebody dies, you know, what that what that did to me, uh, you know, just a lot of things like that. And so, yeah, I was that's why I was asking, you know, and I heard you use I was just on the phone with Abigail this morning. We had a call right before I was on the call with her on the drive back here. Uh, cause she's the one helping me out. Is she the one that, that worked with you? Yeah, she worked. Um, she was able to bless me with getting the ebook down and then, um, Giselle, um, Quintanilla helped me, um, edit it, um, as well as get me uploaded on the original book, the paperback book on, um, Amazon. So, uh, I use Abigail was a blessing and you should definitely work with her if you have the chance. She's a very, 
very enthusiastic person and she will make sure to hold you accountable, especially with the writing process. But Giselle is also great as well. She, yeah, she's, she was awesome today. You know, I've got to talk to her twice, right? I mean, we're working with, through Emilio, through her, right? And, um, yeah, just, just talking to her today was, you know, you know, I didn't realize the, the amount of work that this has. You, it, it's pretty disciplined that to know that you get up in the morning and write 500 words, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how you put it all together originally. That's why I was talking to about her today. I said, I mean, I got so much stuff in my head. I don't know you know, where to start or what to do. And, um, you know, the, you know, just the process of of writing. And then, because I saw you, I saw you out there, you know, really crushing it there in the beginning. And then it, uh, and then, you know, you took some time to yourself and, you know, went, went to Florida, whatever you did there, as far as uh, just to kind of get your head together. And right. so where are you at in the process now? Are you, are you booking things to, to speak? Are you working on this book now or how, where are you at in your process now? What's your I, next level? Um, right now I'm working on the next book. Again, I'm taking my time. Um, I'm building my career cause I am a student affairs professional. So I'm working with grad school. I'm working on finishing that. Um, when it comes to speaking engagements, um, I think it's important um, especially to all my speakers out there, uh, it's important to know that your time to speak will come and it's best when someone discovers you and it, it could take some time, but it's best when someone discovers you because they know that you are relatable to the audience and who you're going to be working with. Um, just give yourself a chance to let the, the book breathe because you, you're going to be doing a lot of promoting, you're doing a lot, and there's going to be times that it's, it could get very quiet. But someone's going to eventually run across your book or run across the message, and they're going to want to work with you. And now, as you get booked as a speaker, you have a book. Yeah. Yeah. My book is literally my workshop. And we'll do my speaking engagements. And when they book me as a speaker, I say, hey, I have a great addition. Um, and I include the books as part of my, my pricing when I book speaker on speaking engagements, um, which, again, I'm working on. And it's, it's a process. And I think it's important that you trust the process and don't rush it. Um, because again, letting someone find you and letting them fall in love with your message the same way you fell in love with your passion and your purpose. And I'm not just adding my, my title and the way you became happy. I think that's, yeah. uh, that's where I'm at right now. Just letting people find me, discover me, get to learn about me. And that's why I gave myself a break um, because I felt myself um, getting tugged in every single direction um, but nobody was really discovering me organically. Um, mm-hmm. some people now they find me, they fall in love with me. They never knew a, a damn thing about me, but they <laughs> now, so yeah. I, I felt like it was just time for me to kind of just focus on my career, um, focus on that, knowing that this is out, it's making its impact, it's making its way slowly and sometimes fast. Um, so yeah. So, um, I ordered it, I ordered Kendall, but I ordered a, um, a hard copy. It's coming in today. I ordered Kendall last night so I can kind of look through it a little bit myself. Awesome. And um, that's probably, I'm leaving on a plane on Wednesday, so that's probably the book I'm going to read while I'm gone. And I encourage those. I know you heard about 75 Hard and stuff like that, and everybody's kind of looking for, you know, they got reading material that they have to do. And I and uh, that's after just kind of glancing through it a little bit, I'm like, oh, this would be a good book for 75 Hard. This is a very easy 10 pages to read a day. And because um, it's a pretty good, easy read as far as that goes. And when when do you think your next one is this a this this year project or next year project? I'm aiming it for it to be a this year project. If it happens to be released next year, that's again, that's the process. I just want to make sure that I, I don't overdrive myself again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to make sure I get myself time that I'm really dedicated to put in the same amount of effort as to the first one I put into the second one. Um, I'm aiming towards September, October for it to be released because, um, I want to make it a Hispanic Heritage Month book because to celebrate who I am as an individual, but as well as to really show, um, that's, it's a good end of the year piece because we have new years coming up. we got the holidays. 
Right. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people with the New Year's resolutions. <laughs> right. Um, that, <laughs> that, you know, the change. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I can, I can speak on that for quite a bit, right? I can, you know. I, so, I, <laughs> so it gives them a good end of the year read as they prepare for New Year's and they take on 2023. Um, gives them a new mindset so that before the gyms get packed up for the first two weeks of the year. Um, and probably empty after that. It was consistent this year. I can I got to admit it was actually full for like a month and a half um, <laughs> before some people were like kind of like um, out the gym and just doing their own thing. Um, you know, I just want to make sure that it's ready and eventually it will be sold as a bundle because you can read this one first, which I do highly recommend everybody to read this before you get the next one. Um, and then if it's sold at a bundle, you will have both. So. That will all come in in time, but I'm still working on it. Um, just writing the manuscript, I'm really gonna start pushing hard. Um, I at least got the cover released. I people love the cover. Um, I thought people were gonna have mixed reactions. It's been a lot of love, so it's gonna it's gonna be a great one. Yeah, it's good. I, well, I did that too, you know, and I, you know, it's weird. I, I you know, trying to get the coaching for this anyway, you know, and um, because I hired Abigail now this morning, and then I, you know, I have uh. Uh, you know, Amelia knows helping me uh, out with this too. And I was, I was like, wow, this is a little bit more than what I expected, even though I, in my head and it's weird. See, now, so at my age, I'm trying to, to take my life experience and put it out there. Like, uh, and, and I like to get in front of a group of people and I like to speak. I'm one of those guys that enjoy that, but, um, and I'm in my wheelhouse when I'm out there and, and speaking about, especially if, you know, life lessons in martial arts are how, what I did. And so, you know, when you're getting ready, is this what you plan to do when you were in school is writing books and doing speaking? Is that where you were? Is that what you were studying for? Or is this is just come about from your life change? Well, this was a passion project. Um, this is not what I'm in school for right now. Um, what I'm in school right now is for to help um, bridge the gap. Uh, in college and give students support, especially those who are historically underrepresented. Um, That's why I'm in school now, but this was a passion project because I wanted, again, this is for my business, helping individuals, giving that uh, access and support that they need because they can't get it everywhere. Um, Some programs are more expensive than the other and being able to create something like this and give them at least some steps, um, some guidance, you know, that's what I did it. And um, it's proven to be a huge success. Uh, if that answers your question. Yeah, that's, yeah, it does. I'm, I'm, I was looking at, uh, when you talked about your pursuit of happiness, I'm trying to look through this here, what I had on here. Um, do you feel that you've, you have more work in that area to do? Are you, are you feel like you're, when you're talking and you're telling people about your book, um, I continually pursue that happiness or where are you at in that process and how do you help others gauge that? I always tell people I'm still in the process of finding my happiness. I'm still in the process because purpose is something that changes. Passion is something that changes. It's never something that remains like this is my solid passion and purpose. It's going to change over time. Um, because you find new things, you find new interests, you find new passions, you find, and when you get that passion, you got to f- develop a whole new purpose. You know, right. it's always mm-hmm. changing. So I tell people I'm continuously finding my happiness. I'm only 23. Good. I have, I don't got this figured out. You know, I'm, <laughs> you know, um, I'm only, I'm just one man. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have kids. You know, that's something that's going to change when I do get kids and, and a wife. I'm right, going to have to right, right. reshape everything I do. I have kids. How, what do I want to do? What What's my purpose? You know, they're, they're going to become part of my purpose and my passion. That's, so That's awesome. That's such an awesome. That's such a good answer from a young guy. You know, that's why I asked it to see the perspective you have, because you, you do have a, you have a world of stuff that's coming your way. You know what I mean? When, when, uh, you, you know, the love, the wife, the kids, it's, 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 it's just boom, boom, boom. And I look forward to seeing, what you thought at 23 to what you are as an, as a man with a family next and what you get to pass on to that generation of your own children. And, uh, it seems like you have a passion for, uh, 
I guess kids being misrepresented in college or, or being able to fulfill what they have. That sounds like something that, that is on your radar pretty hard. And so, which means that, you know, passion is just probably something that you live, you know, passion purpose. I, you know, I think it's going to go hand in hand with it. I'm looking forward to it. I'll get through it this week while I'm, while I'm flying and stuff. And then, um, I'll probably reach out to you again and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to, I'm going to buy, uh, you know, uh, half a dozen of these books, sign them up for me and send them out to me. And then, uh, I'll probably push them through, through the schools as, uh, as a way to, uh, uh, encourage others and stuff like that and put it out there on the radar, you know, and not until I started writing my own is like, man, I kind of like helping. It's almost like watching street musicians, right? Where, uh, right. And the, and you you just listen to their music and go, gosh, their music is just awesome that you want to support and buy their CDs, put their, put, put your money towards that type of a, a thing. And now that I, I'm kind of in this group of authors that are all kind of new authors and stuff like that. And the support you give each other to get through the, the humps of that. So to to get your, your name and word out has been, uh, it's been pretty awesome. I mean, it, it's, it's been fun, uh, to, to be a part of, and it's been fun to listen to your story. I knew this would be good uh, because we, 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 we come from a, a very similar background. You're definitely a different type of man than I was as far as, uh, you know, being heavy, you know what I mean? You had that, you, you know, you have that, that spirit about you. And I know that, you know, it's probably what pushed me to be what I am today. I, I'm just a sheepdog. I'm a protector, and I always have been. It's always kind of been my passion, you know, and I, I've i always kind of come to the aid that those can't aid themselves or those that are being mistreated. And then you get right. put special needs in top of it and being heavy with special needs and watch the ridicule they get. It just infuriates me, right? And right. I'm just like, you know, uh, you know, it, and it, that's probably what pushed me to be the kind of man that I am today. I'm just, I, and, and I like to make people be able to stand up for themselves, have confidence in themselves, stand up straight, right. put your chin up. Okay. Put your chin up and out and don't look down at the ground. You know, you look over right. and past those that are, are, are on your, not on your radar and you keep moving forward. So, and it seems to be, you're the same type of young man, with the same message that in, in just a different way. So it, I mean, that's what, that's what makes it awesome. And uh, I'm looking forward to having some coffee or something with you one time. Now you can bring your Oreos or whatever you got to bring, but uh, um, you best believe it's going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had an Oreo cookie. I cannot tell you how long it's been, but I'm telling you, it's like crack, right? I'm like, I cannot, I cannot have one, not even a little. And so, uh, because it, it'd just go off the rails. And so I just, I just avoid it altogether. But so we're coming up on an hour geo. I, I, I put out here, uh, uh, for your book on Amazon. Oh, nice. If they hit that, if they hit that real quick, they can go and order that and, and, uh, see what we can do for supporting, uh, this, this endeavor that you have. It's been, uh, it's been awesome. And if you come out this way, you know, you come into the school and, and, uh, you know, we'll get on the mat together and, uh, we can work out a little bit and we can talk a little bit more. And I'm looking forward to one of these events. I'm sure that we'll be at together. I don't know. What's the last event you were at? Are you still doing any of the, any of the co-authors or the CLAs or anything like that? What are you involved in over there? Right now, I'm just trying to figure out where I'm going to be in the next <laughs> couple of months with, uh, with my yeah. career. So I have not been able to commit to anything just so that I give myself time to really focus on what I'm in grad school for. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, when's school over for you? It will be done in May 2023, if God willing. Ah, uh, so you got next year. So my, you know, my son's finished with his school new uh, May of, of, of spring of next year, too. So. Uh, yeah, I know the stress and stuff that puts on, you know, you got to get that stuff done so that you can, right. you know, you can move forward. So it's good. Right. Well, we're here, man. We're rooting for you. We got your back. We look forward to it. We'll put this book out here. So if any of those that are, are listening, I'll have the audio portion of this by end of day for you. And you can be able to push this out on your platforms, uh, our, our, you know, our candid talk today. And uh, it'll be out. It'll be on my website also where people can just come to my website and, and, and click it. Uh, I'll put your uh, book inside, 
your what the bio that you sent for me i'll put make sure that this link is in that bio too if people want to come and and uh and purchase your book and and we'll start pushing it out uh on my platform and and we'll see about the other school owners uh you know we'll make it make it something that you know martial artists can read and and see what 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 can be uh inspired from that sound good that's good to me all right man i had a great talk today geo you have a you have a good day go go get after it all right definitely we'll talk will. soon yes sir sounds good have Take a good care. day bye-bye you've been listening to real talk with mark cox real life real topics real conversation we're passionate about motivation fitness self-defense weight loss and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.